I'm Sam Manning. Graham Field. Ted Simon. Austin Vance. Kurt Jakes. Robert Schwartz. Nathan Millwall. Linda Foster. Tiffany Cates. Simon Payne. Raymond Gold Stroud. Johnson. And you're listening to Adventure Rider Radio. That's it. This is the last episode for 2018. I can't believe a year has blown by that fast. Can you? Anyway, next week we're into 2019. On this episode, we're going to talk about a baton that's being passed rider to rider around the world. It's pretty interesting. But before that, we're going to talk about some motorcycle gloves that, well, if you have any money left over from Christmas time, <laughs> you might find yourself running out to get. My name's Jim Martin. This is Adventure Rider Radio. Stay with us. We got a good one for you. Max BMW Motorcycles has been outfitting adventure riders since 2002. They've got 45,000 parts and accessories online and ready to ship to your door at maxbmw.com. You can also sign up for their e-rider newsletter. It's free at www.maxbmw.com. Green Chili Adventure Gear offers American-made, heavy-duty, innovative luggage systems for all types of motorcycles. You can turn any bag into motorcycle luggage using a unique strapping system that's easy to use and switch from one bike to another. And of course, Green Chili Adventure Gear is all tested in extreme weather and terrain to withstand the abuse of adventure riding, and that has gained them a top reputation for tough, reliable gear. www.greenchiliadv.com greenchiliadv.com Best Rest Products is home of the Cycle Pump Tire Inflator, Tire and Bead Breaker, Easy Air Tire Gauge, and other adventure motorcycle gear. The Cycle Pump runs right off your bike's electrical system. It'll inflate a flat tire in less than three minutes. It's made in the USA, comes with a lifetime warranty. And Best Rest is also the North American distributor for Google Tech filters. Visit them online at www.cyclepump.com. That's cyclepump.com. <laughs> Well, a while back, I was chatting with a fellow named David Huff, who you probably recognize the name from Proficient Motorcycling, the book. And if you haven't read that book, I'd highly recommend you getting it. Um, He's also an AMA Motorcycle Hall of Fame inductee. We've had him on the show a number of times. Um, We got talking about gloves, motorcycle gloves. And he mentioned to me that one of his favorite gloves, maybe it was his favorite, actually, was the Roper-style gloves from Arrow Stitch. Um, you know, and these are these are designed for cowboys. That's David Huff from the conversation that I'm talking about. What I gravitated to, interestingly enough, the the, the Uckskin gauntlet gloves called Ropers that are sold through Arrow Stitch are actually manufactured at a little a little glove factory in I think it's Chehalis, Washington, not too far from us. These are designed for cowboys to use, you know, when they're out roping steers and that sort of thing. So they want Abrasion resistance, good fit. They don't want the glove to come off, etc. Now, a lot of I've been looking for gloves for a while. That's one of the reasons we got talking about it. But I decided this past summer, after trying another couple of sets of gloves that I wasn't happy with, I decided to get a hold of Aerostitch. I sent Andy Goldfine a message. Andy is the owner of Aerostitch, and I know he's a fan of what we do here at Adventure Rider Radio. So I asked him if he'd send me a pair of these Roper gloves so I could see what all the fuss is about. He said he'll send me a few pairs. So next thing you know, what arrived was three sets of gloves. One was the elkskin ropers. Then there was another version of that called the competition elkskin ropers, which is the one David Huff actually mentioned to me. Elkskin gauntlet gloves. And then the third one is an insulated version that has merino wool inside. So they're sort of a a multi-season glove. Anyway, don't worry about the names of these because I'm going to put the links in the show notes. You don't have to remember that. If you're interested in looking at them, drop by the website and check the show notes for it. So the first thing to note with these gloves is that 
They're made of elk skin, not cowhide. And that's significant because elk skin has some attributes um, that most people feel are better for motorcycling, or at least our application for motorcycling, than uh, cowhide gloves. Um, one is, the first thing you, you'll notice as soon as you pick them up is that they almost feel, well, they, they feel soft. They feel very pliable. And that's great because as you grip your, your handle grip, obviously your fingers squish around. And most companies, what they do is they stitch cowhide in the shape of, uh, you know, your hand in the position of holding onto the throttle. Well, these ones, uh, I guess they're stitched somewhat like that, but they form really well because the elk skin is very pliable. And um, the other thing with it is they're washable. You can actually put them in soapy water and wash them and it's fine. As a matter of fact, that's what you do to fit them to begin with. You wash them with soapy water and then you ride with them until they dry out. Anyway, I'm going to talk with Andy Goldfine first, if he's ready to go. Uh, Yeah. Absolutely. If you can hear me. Okay. So, and afterwards, I'm going to come back and give you sort of a rundown on what I experienced with each of the models of gloves. Andy, welcome back to Adventure Rider Radio. Thanks, Jim. Great to be here. Well, I've had, as you know, um, three sets of gloves that you sent me some time ago now because I've given them a good run. I'm looking at uh, the the one pair here, actually two pairs I've worn. I'd say I put a a good heavy-duty use on them. But anyway, what are these gloves? What, What are they made of? Most models are elk skin. There's a couple of models which have uh, deer skin in portions and elk skin in other portions. Okay, I think these are all elk skin. Are they though? Uh, that's correct. Yeah. Okay. So, so elk skin. Why elk skin? Um, I I don't want to re- represent myself to your audience as a guy who's been an expert on leather. I'm, what I know is what I read and what are the company that sews these for us to our design has told me it's a tougher version of deerskin for reasons that have to do with probably the genetics of elk i don't i don't really know okay so a, a tougher leather it's more supple isn't it it's it's a yeah. it seems to it feels like a softer leather when you when you put it on it is you, when you buy leather you can choose how thick of leather you want. In other words, you can get it by, I don't know if it's by millimeters or whatever, but when we spec the elkskin roper gloves with the company that is an expert at this, we spec them to have slightly thicker hides part or portions of the hides used than what's in a hardware store or a home center for utility gloves. We want it a little thicker. And, and, and the reason that that works is because of the, the it's such a sort of stretchy, moldable, conforming type of hide that it, once you've ridden in them for a couple of hours, um, you don't even notice the extra thickness because they've conformed to your hand. We include a little instruction that if you live, if you really want to break them in quickly and right, you soak them in water, wet them, wring them out, and on a nice warm day when they're wet, go for a ride and let the air dry them around your hands while your hands are on the grips. And from then on, they're the most custom-fitted gloves you'll ever ever own. 
which I've done, and, and it works very, very well. As a matter of fact, I, I was surprised how fast they dried out. I didn't expect them to dry. I was a little hesitant to do it first because I always think of leather being wet as something very difficult to dry out, but I was surprised they dried out very quickly. Um, and sort of molded to your hands in a way that cowhide doesn't quite do. Yeah, yeah. You know, and, and they're very supple, like I said, to begin with. But um, so how did you come up with uh, this design? I mean, I understand you, you're in, you know, you make clothing for motorcycles. I, I wear one of your riding suits. But why did you get into gloves? Um, well, gloves and boots and insulation and base layers, they're all part of a system of clothing that every rider who wants to ride a lot has to have. That all the pieces of gear are just pieces of equipment for different circumstances and situations. And I wanted to have an aerostitch glove from the beginning of aerostitch almost. And when I was uh, starting the company, I went as a rider to a number of larger, more well-known motorcycle events because I wanted to sort of understand how motorcycling culture and uh, works. And, um, I went to the Sturgis Motorcycle Rally in the Black Hills of South Dakota from Minnesota, where we're based. Uh, and on my way there, this was 31 years ago or something like that, I wanted to stop at the, a very famous tourist attraction in the middle of nowhere called Wall Drug. And it turned out that Wall Drug was a complex of buildings off of an inter interchange in the middle of absolutely endless skies. And one of the buildings at the Wall Drug Complex was a Western wear store. And I thought I wanted to buy a souvenir from Wall Drug, but I was attracted to a, a display of elkskin cowboy style, what they called roper gloves. And I thought, this looks great, and it's better than having a key ring that says Wall Drug. So I bought a pair of them and put my regular gloves that I had been wearing in the tank bag and kept riding to Sturgis and couple hours later, I was thinking, these are great gloves. These are the best gloves I've ever had. They feel right on my hand, and they're absorbing the sweat. It was a real hot day. And when I got back from Sturgis, educated at that part of motorcycle culture, I contacted this glove maker and asked them if they would do a design for us. Um, I thought it was a wonderful rider's glove, very handy to put on and off, and not a lot of complication or details just simple and fit and it worked and it was so perfect the only thing i really missed was a wiper for my face shield on the inside of either the index finger or the thumb and we tried various combinations they were willing to build them with a finger wiper and we were off to the races and that began what has since expanded into a range of a five or six different elkskin glove models we had a long relationship with this company. What's the difference between the, the uh, you said make a design for you, what was different about the original Roper glove to the one you designed for motorcycles? The, the original first model, and which is still our best-selling one, is that it, we've added a, to the left thumb a piece of rubber um, that functions when you wipe your thumb across your face shield of your helmet. It, it, it functions as a windshield wiper. It's a sweet little squeegee. I got to say, I think that I've always looked at these as the most gimmicky thing, this this wiper thing on the, on the finger of a glove, because I'm thinking, well, first of all, how much, how, how much is it going to wipe? But I've always just thought of it as a gimmicky thing. That is until I got your gloves with the wiper on here. And, right. uh, you know, I didn't even try it at first. At first, I just rode with them um, and it rained and I didn't, I just didn't even bother. I, I really was super unimpressed. But I use these all the time now. 
And what surprises me is, is I haven't wore them out because once I started to use them and I realized they work, I kept using them. And I thought, well, they can't last long either. But I, now, and I, and I'm, like I say, I'm rough with these gloves. I mean, they've, you know, I, I ride a lot of dirt stuff. So my hands get dirty and muddy and all that sort of stuff. And these, these little squeegees are still working. I'm, I'm rather impressed with what you've well, done with a squeegee on a thumb. Thank you. We actually played with a number of different kinds of materials and the length of the material and the length of the squeegee and whether it was to be positioned on the side of the index finger or on the side of the thumb. I prefer, the, a lot of gloves come with it on the side of the index finger and a lot, of, a lot of other gloves come with this type of thing on the side of the thumb. I prefer the thumb. I don't want I'm riding, want to have to straighten my index finger, which is kind of curled around the grip. And I don't want to feel it against the flange on the grip as I'm riding. And when it's on the side of the thumb, it, it's just a ergonomically simpler motion to reach up and rub your thumb across your face, side of your thumb across your shield than straightening your finger and trying to do it that way. So we played around with it to get it the way it is. Well, you certainly, I think you got it right. That's for sure, at least for, for my liking anyway. But uh, so as far as the gloves go, do you purposely try to avoid stitching on these as far as having a lot of stitching? Because a lot of gloves that we look at nowadays, uh, I mean, I, I always say it's, you know, designed for the sake of design. You see um, all kinds of uh, pieces of different colors and everything stitched all across, which make all these stitch lines. Correct. We do that actually on all of our products. There's a, a saying that most of your audience has heard that, power corrupts and absolute power corrupts absolutely and when it comes to stitching when you make things overseas because the costs of labor is so low you have absolute power to do as much stitching as you want for pennies and so when the products that come in from low-cost countries in asia come in they're often covered with essentially decorative applique and stitching and made of many little panels of fabric and it's all very cute but we think or i think that the designs work better when you take away as much panels and as much stitching as possible i'm still wearing with uh, the same brand of denim pants that i wore when i was in high school and they don't have any decorative designer stitching on them anywhere they're just jeans and i think our products kind of I sort of like things that way, personally. Yeah, the way the way I've found with my gloves is that seems to be the failure point is the the stitching, and it makes sense if you think about it because you know if you're wearing on a surface and you have a lot of stitching going across there, there's bound to be some stitching that rubs, and as soon as you break the stitching, it seems to start to come apart, right? Like one little yep, that's correct, one little cut in the stitching, and it comes apart. And, and if you really think about it, your boots, your shoes, your jackets, everything. That's the weak point. Yeah. So you want to have as few panels as you can and as little decorative stitching as you can, unless you design. There, there's room for decorative and design in clothing because clothing is fashion. But I still regard our clothing and these gloves as equipment more than fashion. So they're as simple as I could make them. One of the pairs has merino wool inside. Correct. What is that? Um. Again, I don't want to misrepresent my knowledge is not super good, but merino wool is just a soft, virgin kind of wool that feels nice on your hand and it isn't too scratchy and it lasts a long time and it's a natural fiber from a sheep. Yeah, and, and it doesn't, um, it's supposed to not hold uh, um, smells as well, uh, that Correct. sort of thing. Yeah, so the one set of gloves um, that I tried have the gauntlet style. They're a long glove, but they have the merino wool. They've been invaluable for the cold weather. Um, they work very, very well. 
why leather over synthetic? Um, in the case of gloves and footwear, leather has some characteristics that are nice. They, it molds to your body shape. It, it lasts a long time. It's, it just works. I don't, I can't give you anything other than it works. We've sold and we still sell some pretty good synthetic gloves. For a long time, we sold a glove we called a vegan glove. And, you know, you can sort of skin this cat both ways. We, I think that our synthetic fiber textile clothing lasts a lot longer than the wax cotton clothing we make in terms of um, how it frays out and, and wears out. All the modern fashion for wax cotton clothing, which we sell several different kinds of art jackets of, is a wonderful material and it looks good and it lasts a pretty long time, but it doesn't last as long as the synthetic materials. And I think that's generally true. Mm. Um, but, but leather, I mean, as far as, as far as gloves go, that's a, a high wear area mm-hmm. you know, you know, with your hands. And that, that's why, I mean, I tend to lean towards leather gloves just for that fact, but also the, um, the durability factor. I mean, if you, if you have a get off, yeah. the leather gives you that little added um, protection, doesn't it? Yep, and and it's not as affected by temperature. If you ride on a synthetic gloves, often kind of get crinkly and stiff when it's 25, 35 degrees in Fahrenheit out. Mm, um, leather good. doesn't do that. Andy, great to talk with you. Thank you very much. Thank you, Jim. It's great to be here again. Of course, that was Andy Goldfine from Aerostitch. Now, we don't do a lot of reviews on Adventure Rider Radio, but every now and then I come across something that I really like. As a matter of fact, if I got a product and I didn't like it, I'm not going to bother telling you about it. There's just no point. But I was really impressed with these gloves. I mean, you know, when something changes my my riding and, and I find it really workable. And, you know, we all have different, you know, tastes for things. I, I don't like a lot of flash. I don't like things that are that are just for looks only. I like really, I guess, sort of simple things that work very well for my application. And I found these gloves to be very good. The three gloves that I tried, starting with the what I call the smallest glove, the smallest glove is the, the roper itself. The Roper is a nice glove. If you're just running around town, buzzing up to the store and things like that, um, I found these to be really nice and comfortable, easy to pull on and off. But I didn't like the way they didn't fit the back of my hand real tight like the other ones did. So they're nice and, and they're the less expensive ones. But the competition style, that's my favorite right there. They come up farther on your hand. They're a, they're a longer glove. They fit beautifully. The elk skin is just, uh, I think, a fabulous material. I really do. I think it's just a great material. This has a band across your knuckles to give you some extra protection. I've never needed it, of course, because it's it's on the top of your hand. When you go down, you're really putting the palm of your hand down. But I have the protection of leather here, and these gloves seem tough. I've done a lot of things with them non-motorcycling. You know, when we're out riding, one of us has gotten stuck. Um, you have to dig rocks out or pull stuff aside. Everything from snow to mud and rocks I've dug in and grabbed a hold of bikes and heaved them and everything. So they've got a lot of abuse with them and they still seem perfectly good. And the next one up was the gauntlet style with the merino wool. I absolutely love these gloves. I mean, these have been fantastic. I've been riding a lot of cold weather now being winter time here. And these things have really kept my hands very warm or at least warm for a longer period of time. Eventually your hands always get cold. So great gloves, great wearing and beautiful fitting. The other thing uh, Andy and I touched on a little bit, and I just wanted to sort of talk a little bit more about this was the wiper on the thumb, I really did. I I thought that was just a waste of time. If you'd showed me a glove a year ago with a wiper on it, I would have said, well, that's not going to have any effect on my decision whether I buy it or not. But since I've been using these, anything that flies up on the the screen, 
on my face shield, I just, it's on the outside of the thumb. So it's, it's a unique placement for it on these gloves. And it makes it very easy. You just lift your hand up, give it a wipe. I usually do two wipes, one, one a little higher than the other. And um, it's clear again. And I've also found that the water doesn't soak into the glove a lot. It seems to, I guess, because it's on the thumb, when you grab a hold of the handlebar again, it drips off downward. So it doesn't actually go in and seep into the glove. Very nice gloves. I, I highly recommend them. So if you didn't get the right thing for Christmas, maybe you got cash for Christmas. I don't know. Maybe you want to look at that and <laughs> have a look at uh, these gloves. But the elk skin, I, I think, is just great. If I would have to give them a rating, a star rating, like we always love to see, one to five, they're definitely a five. No doubt about it. Well, we're going to take a two-minute break and be right back. We're going to be talking after this to someone from the Women Riders World Relay. Pretty cool. They're taking a baton and they're passing it rider to rider around the whole globe. And it's not in a straight line either. Stay with us. we got a lot more coming up. You know, a lot of things we do on our motorcycles, in particular if we're riding in dirt, has to do with weight transfer to move the traction around on your motorcycle, whether you're moving it from the front to the back or from the side to the side. It's to do with sliding your body forward and back and weighting your foot pegs. And if you're riding a large adventure bike, a little extra leverage weighting the foot pegs can go a long way. And that's where the IMS foot pegs come in, the ADV-1 and ADV-2. A couple of large platform foot pegs specifically designed for adventure bikes. They've been doing it since 1976. I mean, making hard parts for motorcycles. And just about every off-road racer runs with some sort of IMS product. Drop by their website. They've got a full line of adventure pegs for us, right from their core pegs, right on up to their adventure pegs. www.imsproducts.com. And of course, anytime you're dealing with them, make sure you throw in there that you heard them here on Adventure Rider Radio. www.imsproducts.com. Well, I think Road Dog Publications is the only publisher that I know of that specializes in motorcycle stories. Uh, they publish books like Zoe Cano, uh, who we've had on the show before, uh, her Bonneville Go or Bust book, uh, Southern Escapades, and more. Antonio Bolingbroke Kent as well, we've had on this show, uh, A Short Ride in the Jungle, Brent Allen's Motorcycle Life and dot, 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 as well as The Elemental Motorcyclist, Tracy Farr with Chasing America, even Graham Field with In Search of Greener Grass, Eureka, Different Natures. All these books are published through Road Dog Publications and available anywhere you buy books, online or in bookstores. As well, you can buy them right from the Road Dog website, which is www.roaddogpub.com. And if you're a writer... You have a book, you're thinking about doing a book, you should get a hold of Road Dog Pub because Mike Fitterling, the guy who runs it and owns it, he's always looking for new authors. Anyway, have a look at what, what they've got on the website because there's more books than what I just mentioned there. www.rooddogpub.com. And again, buy them from the website or anywhere that you find books. And of course, anytime you're dealing with them, throw in there that you heard them here on Adventure Rider Radio. It's not only a sign of motorcycle connection around the world, but it's a show of hands, women's hands in particular, motorcyclists stretching country to country, zigzagging their way around the earth, passing a baton from one rider to the next.
so my name's Hayley Bell. I'm from Women Riders World Relay. Um, I'm UK based near Warrington and we're organising a Women's Around the World Relay. Hayley, welcome to Adventure Rider Radio. Thank you very much. Thanks for having me. So what is the Women's Riders World Relay? Um, it's a group of women who have all been inspired to do the same thing as we are going to do, which is uh, an around-the-world relay for women on their motorbikes. So we're organizing um, legs across uh, more than 90 countries um, in true relay fashion with a baton. Uh, that's going to be tracked with a GPS tracker. Um, And we're going to pass from woman to woman across all these different countries uh, to raise awareness of women in motorsports. So you're literally taking a baton that has a GPS tracking device in it and you're passing it from one rider to the next place to place and circling the globe. Exactly, yeah. We're doing like a big snake, to be honest. We're like going all over the place, left, right and centre. It's more like a kaleidoscope than a... (laughs) Well, that's definitely more creative than just the full circle. Yeah, yeah, exactly. People go around the world. We're going up, down, left, right and around the world. So So is there anything else like on route? Is it going to be visiting places? Is there there anything built into that? Yeah, so what I really wanted to sort of um, incorporate was... Uh, not only all the diversities of women and their bikes, um, but also the different styles of riding as well. So, uh, for example, in the UK, I'm organizing um, an event whereby we stop off at a speedway track and we're going to get the speedway girls racing the baton round, kicking out the back ends of the bikes. And then we're all going to be given the opportunity to have a go ourselves. And what we really want to do is put on events along the route that are going to sort of show off both um, different styles of riding and, and inspire girls to get involved in different styles of riding, but also the areas and the um, sort of landmarks and the history of their countries as well. So, you know, notorious uh, bike stops, for example, are, are top of the list. Um, the Ace Cafe in London, for example, for the UK, um, uh, but also uh, sort of events and, and sort of stop-offs for photo taking and all the rest of it in, in sort of you know, really iconic places across all these different countries as well. So, yeah. Now, are there any planned uh, parameters for this as far as is, is it always going to be on a bike? Is it always going to be with someone? And also, how are you going to do the water crossings? Yeah, so with the uh, with the baton, there's no sort of limits in terms of who can pass the baton across to each other. So, for example, we've got um, legs that are catered for um, learners on, on L plates still um, and, you know, 50 cc's. So we're going to avoid motorways and things like that. I'm talking UK here, but for those riders. Um, and then in terms of crossing seas, we're going to do as best we can to stay on the bike. So, for example, with um, the UK to France leg, we'll be going on the tunnel or the ferry. Um, so that we don't have to let go of that baton and we can keep hold of it with our bikes. But likewise, there are going to be places where we're going to have to ship it or, you know, get freight um, to to take it across seas for us. And then a rider will pick it up the other end. Um, Unfortunately, we've not got submarines to hand, so we can't (laughs) can't start going underwater with it. Well, how about connecting with the travelers that are out there already? I mean, there's all kinds of people riding the globe. There must be people making these crossings that would be able to take it with them. 
that's exactly what we're doing. So we're trying to sort of link up as many uh, girls that are out on the roads and that, as we call them, would be potential guardians for the baton. So these are like the really sort of hardcore distance riders as well. So we know that those girls are going to get it from A to B and they're going to get it there on time type thing as well. So, um, yeah, we're trying to recruit them as as, uh, best we can and, and sort of plan them into the routes itself. Yeah. Logistically, it sounds like there's a lot involved here. I mean, trying to organize all these different people and keep track of or even plan in advance where it's going to go. So how do you choose who's going to ride from where to where with the baton and who they're going to pass it to? Um, Logistically, it's been immense, but it's been so exciting that it's worth doing. So um, I know the admin team that we've got uh, for for WRWR, they've, you know, we've all been working till stupid o'clock at night, just logistically trying to get our heads around how we're going to get this button and, and what's plan A, what's plan B, what's plan C, what, you know, what if this happens, what if that happens? And we've been, we've been running round in our minds over and over again with, with this. And, and I feel like we've got a real solid footing now um, in terms of how we're doing it and, and the reasons in which, why we're doing it as well. So in terms of choosing the guardians, first of all, they have to sign up. So, the first thing that they would do is they'd go onto our uh, Facebook group or our website and they'd sign up um, via the Google form to be to take part in the relay. Um, and then what we've got is we've got a Guardian uh, form, which is very much based on riding skills and uh, sort of time that they've got as well, because obviously it's not going to be um, Saturday riders or Sunday rides. It's going to be during the week as well. Um so they, they would uh, fill out this form and it's got all details of how often they've rode, um, where they've rode before, what type of bike they've got, what experience they've got, how many years they've been riding, et cetera, et cetera. And we would sort of select those based on um, their experience and, and they're sort of willing to, you know, take this the long way round type thing and, and, and do the long legs. How long is it going to take to do the whole loop or the zigzag around? Uh, roughly a year. So we, we've we sort of budgeted for 12 months. And in that time, um, you're following it online? You, I imagine you have an interactive map or something that shows where it is and where it's been? Yeah. So that's that's exactly what we've got. Um, we've got a GPS uh, tracking system that we are adapting at the minute um, that we're installing in a, a physical button that um, one of the admins, Liza, has uh, crafted from some plumbing pipe work. And <laughs> we're going to literally pass that... Um, with the with the the GPS tracker in it, and that will be able to update live uh, whereabouts we are in the world on a map that will be displayed on our website. Um, and then what we've also got is for when we run out ultimately of uh, in some outback areas where there's not really any phone signal or anything like that, we've got um, a uh, a tracker, a secondary one which drops pins, and then it collaborates when it gets signal. So we'll still be able to know where we've been even if we haven't got uh, the signal that we need for the GPS tracker. So we've got a bit of a backup there as well. Now with with any sort of motorcycle thing that all of us do, we don't really need a reason, but I know you do have a reason for doing this. This isn't just a fun exercise for you. What's behind it? <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's still fun. First and foremost, it's fun. You know what I mean? Well, I mean we that's what love- we do a lot of, isn't it? That's why you head out on the weekend, you go off and people do silly scrambles and all different things. I mean, it's for fun. Yeah. You wouldn't catch me running a world relay, put it that way. Do you know what I mean? So <laughs> it's, um, 
it's it's certainly fun and what the reason why um i sort of came up with the idea was was really to you know, not only unite women on a global level and give them sort of a platform to um to big each other up really because um you know it's it's a very male dominated sport um and uh the level of exposure that uh, women get in the industry isn't that great so it's it's a, a real platform for role models to be um to be seen um and uh encouragement of the sport and to get more people into riding and to help those that are struggling um but also just to wow the industry into realizing exactly how many women riders there are out there um so at the minute we're i mean you go into any motorcycle store and you'll see you know 50 jackets for for guys and maybe four if you're lucky for women uh, and they might be pink or a variation of pink or purple so it's just to really wake them up into the fact that you know we've got a huge amount of women riders um and uh the variety in terms of how we're catered for isn't that great at the minute i know they've been working on it harder particularly over the last sort of five ten years um but i think it's a a bit of a turning point um now and i think we've come right at the at the at the right time uh to show exactly how many of us there are and that we do ride and and you know we ride really well as well so yeah, but now the the industry and they've they've got women riders in their sights. They're they're focusing on them and hoping that that's going to be sort of a part of the future of the industry that seems to be hurting so much till now. Well, that's it. I mean, you know, the younger the younger riders that are coming through, um, a lot of those are girls. That like this, the new generation of rider is is you know a, a much bigger percentage um, than previously of females. So. They, they they know as as well as we do that they've got to sort of breach into that market and um yeah i think what a way to do it you know here we are look look at us we're doing a world relay nothing nothing like that's ever been done before to this scale uh particularly on a gender only basis type thing where it's just women or it's just men um and uh yeah i think it's something to seriously set the mark for for the coming years and and the industry and as far as the industry goes, um, really convincing women, which are mothers and sisters, to ride. When you have mom riding, that certainly changes the dynamics for a family as far as bringing in new riders from the kids. Yeah, and I mean, you only have to look at the likes of like Mary McGee and things like what a, what an inspiring woman. She's still riding at her age and things and she doesn't let it um, sort of stop her. And um, there's a lot of women in the group that uh have taken a break from riding when they've had kids and then they've been sort of tiptoeing around the idea to get back into it and a lot of women have said within the group you know we've been so inspired by the stories that have been put out in in wrwr that we've pushed ourselves out there we've we've got back on the bike when we perhaps wouldn't have done we've tried doing you know that hill incline that i perhaps wouldn't have done before and and they're pushing their boundaries and they're they're seeing this as such a um, uh, and I can do platform because we're all the same and it's not, you know, looking at a bloke who's maybe a foot taller than you and stronger than you. It's looking at a woman who's exactly the same as you and seeing that she can do it. So why can't I, do you know what I mean? And, and that's, what's really lovely about the group is that we're all the same. We're all the same. You mentioned about how women can get involved. What can the guys do? Uh, support us. I mean, we are, 
absolutely. Um, we've had such good feedback from the guys as well, like um, really helping out and supporting um, the sort of cause. A lot of men recognize it as well. And they've got wives and daughters and girlfriends that ride too. Um, and they they know how little there is because um they've they've seen it for from themselves as well and um they're really we have had such positive feedback from from the guys the way that they can get involved is is simply helping to spread the word at this stage and just getting getting the word out following us on twitter following us on instagram following us on the facebook page the facebook group is a public group so we didn't want to single anybody out and say you know it's, it's girls only and the doors closed it, it it's out there for everybody to see we just uh, we just had to keep it as a, a women's only Facebook group just so that we can count head numbers really so we're not getting sort of uh, double figures coming in Makes coming sense. in through that. yeah mm-hmm. um, but yeah no, we've had such great support from them and it's it's really it's really good to see and it really does reflect the uh, the community of the bikers full stop I think that's what really shines through. Well, it seems like a, a great idea and a fun thing to do for women. It's also great for the motorcycle industry because I think anything that draws attention to riders and what riders are doing and, and uh, just creating awareness about motorcycling in general can attract new riders and, and make our industry better. I look forward to seeing and following where the, the baton goes and seeing the photos from it. Haley, thank you very much. You're very welcome. Thank you for having me. was Haley Bell from Women Riders World Relay. You can find out more at the website www.womenridersworldrelay.com and that link, as always, is in our show notes. This episode is brought to you in part by Green Chili Adventure Gear, www.greenchiliadv.com, Max BMW at www.maxbmw.com, and Best Rest Products at cyclepump.com. that about wraps up another episode for adventure rider radio as a matter of fact the final episode for 2018 can you believe it another year gone by already i can't believe it myself hey we need your support at the show drop by our website www.adventureriderradio.com click on the support button we get a bunch of different ways one way is through patron which we really prefer if you would it's just a monthly amount and i always like to say think about what you pay for a cup of coffee or something else you're buying on a daily basis and the pleasure you get from that and then the pleasure you get from the show um i would love it we would love it elizabeth and i if you would become a regular supporter of the show anyway consider it otherwise it's time to get out there and ride your bike we really wish you the best for the new year i hope you have a great new year and hope you've enjoyed this one and we'll kick off a new year with adventure rider radio next week my name is jim martin thanks for listening see you next week This is Teach McNeil, and you are listening to Adventure Rider Radio. (laughs) 